Hello everyone and welcome to episode 40 of Added Time, a Games and Graps studio podcast. And I am back despite being in a state of despair with regards to my team. And I'm sure there's a few others of you out there that are thinking the same about your team, but for different reasons. But we carry on regardless because we love it. And what would we do without football? Let's be honest. We'll all, all of us will be moaning come the end of the season that we're bored. I know a lot of people have said I'm ready for the season to end now and there's certain clubs in the Premier League especially who really don't have anything to play for and it's just a case of seeing out the season and looking forward to rebuilding for some teams next season. But there's still a hell of a lot to play for. Bottom of the table, top of the table, European places, Champions League especially. Uh, The Champions League spaces I thought were done and dusted but they are not quite secured yet for one or two teams. Let's have a look at the results from last weekend. I'll go through them, just whiz through them and pick up some discussion points where we can. So, Liverpool beat Brentford 1-0, Wolves beating Aston Villa 1-0 and Spurs beating Palace 1-0. So, three good results there for those teams. Liverpool are putting the pressure on United now in that chase for the top four. However, it is worth remembering that United do have a couple of games in hand and they look like winnable games as well. Or they have one game in hand and they are still a point clear. But Liverpool also have winnable games, especially their next one. So it's going to be a tight one, the Champions League spots. Most people probably thought that this was the end of the season was just going to be all about the, the title race and relegation, but... Champions League spots as well. Man City beat Leeds 2-1 in Sam Allardyce's first game. I think there was some positive signs here for Leeds. It may have been left a little bit too late, but they, they didn't disgrace themselves at all. But it's Man City, what do you expect? Uh, Gundogan with a couple of goals. Uh, no goal for Erling Haaland against the team that he supposedly supports. Uh, obviously, he was born in Leeds. His dad uh, playing for Leeds. So, yeah, Man City keep going and don't look like dropping points anytime soon. Chelsea are safe. Chelsea will not be relegated this season. Uh, They picked up a much-needed 3-1 win away at Bournemouth. And, yeah, cue chance of we are staying up from the Chelsea fans, which, you know, you've got to love football, haven't you, for stuff like that. You've got to be able to laugh at yourself sometimes. So, yeah, fair play. Chelsea with that win there. Still heavily linked with uh, Pochettino as well, who supposedly wants Mason Mount to sign a new contract. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I feel like the summer is going to be mad when it comes to Chelsea, especially. West Ham picked up a much-needed win against Man United. So that eases the pressure on West Ham somewhat. And I would say now that they are very much safe on the 37 points. Disappointing result for United. Another away defeat. And it does put a bit of pressure on them in terms of securing that top four. Whether it goes down as a disappointment if United were to finish fifth now. I don't really know because they do have that trophy in the League Cup. And... 
they are in the FA Cup final. Yes, they are playing City, but yeah, anything can happen. It's a it's a derby, isn't it? It's a derby game in a cup final. Anything can happen. So look, United could still finish the season with two trophies, which would be a success. But I think given that they have been in that top four for a while now, it would be disappointing for United fans and, and the club in general if they were to drop out and end up back in the Europa League. Uh, Champions League football is where it's at. And Manchester United, they are a club that should be in the Champions League. Now, I'm not turning my nose up at the Europa League. I think it's a fine competition. If you look at the, the final four teams that are in this year's Europa League, it is still a good competition. So United will be hoping for that Champions League, uh, bringing in that revenue. Not that, not that United are short of revenue, and obviously there's the takeover still, supposedly going on so we'll see uh i i hope united do get top four because i just think united in the champions league it just feels right newcastle uh lost 2-0 at home to arsenal so this was a massive test for arsenal could they go away to newcastle who are this year's i wouldn't say surprise team necessarily but they're the team that people look at now and go oh god we've got to go up to newcastle you know, defensively, they have been solid. There was a point in the season where Newcastle couldn't score goals and then they were scoring goals for fun. But Arsenal, you know, I thought they were excellent uh, at the weekend. Odegaard, again, definitely, you know, one of my players of the season. I don't think he is player of the season necessarily. It'd be difficult for you to justify that over Haaland. I know. You know, in the words of Roy Keane, Haaland is just doing his job, but the numbers are astronomical, aren't they? So, for me, if I was to do a team of the season, which I will do at the end of the season, I'll do my Premier League team of the year. Uh, Odegaard is in that midfield. So, Arsenal keeping the pressure on Man City. There is a point in it, but Man City have that game in hand still. Uh, A crazy day on Monday in terms of Premier League fixtures. I'll start off with Leicester's. So, I was too nervous to even listen to this game. I couldn't bring myself to listen. And I decided I was going to put my phone on Do Not Disturb and I wouldn't look at my phone once. And at five o'clock, I'd have a look and see what happened. Now, I didn't expect this. I thought maybe we've got a draw or maybe we've lost, narrowly lost. I know I said last week on the podcast Leicester are going to win, but that's me trying to be positive. But then reality sets in and I thought we might get a draw, etc. I thought, you know, you're away at Fulham who have got nothing to play for. I'm not expecting Fulham to roll, lie over, uh, lie down and roll over at all because at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about professional footballers here that have still got a job to do. And I expected Leicester to be up for it and show some fight and be solid and chucking, you know, throwing their body in front of absolutely everything. And when I looked at my phone at the at five o'clock and I saw that it finished five three, I thought, what the hell has happened there? I thought if we had a man sent off, you know, what what's gone on there? And when I saw that it was, you know, three nil at half time then it was 4-0, then 4-1, Vardy missing a penalty. I just thought... And then I just, you know, that has given myself and other Leicester fans 
we're now resigned to the fact we've been saying Leicester fans have been saying it for months but we're resigned to the fact that we're going to be playing championship football next season I see it all over Twitter and all over Instagram people are already talking about oh yeah you know Birmingham's a decent away day and Stoke will be a good laugh and blah 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 and all of that the, the fans are resigned to it and I think the players are as well now I could go into a massive deep dive again about what has gone wrong and my thoughts and all of this but I'm gonna spare you that because it is what it is Leicester have got three games left the same as everyone else pretty much and the the, the harsh reality is is that now Leicester probably because of other results need to pick up seven points to be safe and when you look at the fixtures I think that is going to be very very difficult I could be I could be doing a podcast in two weeks time where I talk about Leicester being relegated so before the final game of the season so it's um it's a sad state of affairs and especially when you look at the other results Everton going away to Brighton and putting five past them five one it finished Dwight McNeil was electric absolutely unbelievable I couldn't believe what I was watching I was really hoping Brighton would do Leicester a favour and I suppose you know Leeds fans were probably thinking the same you know let's hope Brighton do us a favour and it didn't happen and it got me thinking you know all that all those months ago when there was talk of Rogers going and being replaced by Dyche and there was a bit of snobbery from Leicester fans I think he would have kept us up just because of the the squad that Leicester have got. I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying it's better than Everton's. I think Everton have got some decent players. But I think Dyche would have done a good job had he come in say probably in in February March time, something like that. But hey, we can't go back in time unfortunately because if we could well things would be very different. <laughs> and then uh, a, a brilliant game Again, for the neutral, not so much for me. Uh, I expected Forrest to win, uh, but Forrest winning 4-3. Southampton gave it as good as they could. You know, getting a couple of goals back, taking it right to the end, 96th minute penalty to make it 4-3. But I feel like the damage was done. Morgan Gibbs-White. Now, there's a player that, when he was signed by Forrest for 40 million, couldn't get in Wolves' team. Signed by Steve Cooper, who worked with him through the England setup. A lot of people were kind of thinking, Jesus, that is a lot of money to spend on a player that's not really done a lot in a team that have got a good chance of getting relegated. And he's starting to show that what a very talented footballer he is. I mean, his his assist for the third, it got I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not gonna pretend I'm like Rio Ferdinand or anything. But it got me out of my seat. Uh, it was unbelievable. And a few weeks ago when, when Sonny and I and Kaylee went to the England Under-21 match, he was he was excellent there as well. Uh, so a great player. He is a good player. And, you know, if he, if he continues on this run of form and playing like he does, I can see interest from other clubs. And I can see him potentially breaking through into the senior squad. Uh, for England as well because he's come through that that England setup and it's kind of the the thing that they like to do now with with the England players is those that have been involved in the setup are kind of favoured over over others. 
in terms of Southampton, I think that's it. I think that's them done there on 24 points. The most that they can get now is 33. So mathematically not relegated. But when you consider that Everton are in 17th on 32 and Forest are in 16th on 33, that is pretty much them done. So they could even win the next three games and still still be relegated. In terms of their upcoming fixtures, they're at home to Fulham, away to Brighton and at home to Liverpool. So it's looking very, very tough for Southampton. And you saw the look on the players' faces as well at the end of that Forest game when they went over to thank the fans who had travelled up to Nottingham on a Monday night. They looked uh, beaten. They looked like a very much a beaten team. So there we are. Uh, in terms of the table, let me just do a quick run through. So Man City are top on 82 points. They do have a game in hand on Arsenal who are second in uh, with 81 points. And then Newcastle in third on 65. They do have four games to play still, as do Manchester United who are on 63. Then Liverpool are fifth on... 62 points but like I say United and Newcastle do have those games in hand Newcastle playing Leeds next and United playing Wolves as well so winnable games for those two teams uh, but again winnable game for Liverpool they've got Leicester on Monday night Spurs are still there in the top six so Spurs could still get European football despite their very turbulent and strange season uh, Brighton, they've made it difficult for themselves, but they do have five games left to play. But they have Arsenal next. And then as we go down the table, Villa, Brentford, Fulham make up the top 10. Chelsea in 11th, Palace 12th. Both of them uh, over the 40-point mark now. Palace on 40 points, Wolves on 40 points, Bournemouth on 39, West Ham on 37. So they are all, I would say, safe. Some of them mathematically. Forest, Everton, and then the bottom three is Leicester on 30, Leeds on 30, and Southampton on 24. So that was last week's games and the table. So yeah, not looking good for Southampton, Leeds, and Leicester. But stranger things have happened, you know. I just can't see it though. I, I cannot. I, I thought. I said last week that I thought that 34 would be enough to keep someone up if the goal difference was good enough, which is what I expected. You know, I was hoping for for Leicester, but uh, with with Everton getting that win, that's really put uh, the cat amongst the pigeons. It's going to be very difficult, and I think as well the manner of the defeat at Fulham really hasn't helped. It just, as a Leicester fan, it makes you feel that this is it, we're done. And that if that is the case, then, you know, Leicester are a team that are notoriously a yo-yo team. We've had nine, I think it's nine, very, very enjoyable seasons in the Premier Well, eight enjoyable seasons and one not so. Uh, it's crazy to me to think that at the start of last season, which I know feels like a long, long time ago. But at the start of last season, Leicester went into that season with uh, having just won the FA Cup a few months previous. 
having just won the Charity Shield, Community Shield, whatever you want to call it, and we're playing European football. And essentially the same squad of players are now staring down the barrel of relegation. But anyway, I will I'll talk more about that and that will be a very Leicester heavy episode. So I'll I'll pre-warn you <laughs> for that one. Okay, let's have a look as well at the Champions League. So Champions League semi-finals started this week. The big one, well, they're both big games. They're both huge games. Man City were away at Real Madrid and the game finished 1-1. I didn't think Man City were amazing in this game, but then the opposition, you know, it is, it's Real Madrid. It's their competition and, you know, it's a bit different to facing up against some of the Premier League teams, you know. And Man City went there and got a draw. Now, there's no away goals rule anymore. So, yes, it's a draw, but at least they're not losing going into that game next week. Sorry. Yes, next week. (laughs) Going into that game next week at the Etihad. So, um, I wouldn't like to say who I think in that that game is... uh, Neither team have got a foot in the final, put it that way. Uh, the other game was a Milan derby, which I caught most of. Inter raced into a into a two goal lead, uh, but it was a, a you know Milan had so many chances in the second half, but their finishing was so so poor. I mean, I don't watch enough Italian football to know whether actually could Milan get back into this or will Inter just see out the second leg and in to go through to the final it remains to be seen but it it does make me laugh watching you know the Italian teams and you see like the average age of some of the players and you know you've got you know Dzeko and Mkhitaryan with the with the goal scorers for Inter <laughs> um, and then Milan had Giroud and you know Ibrahimovic was watching from the stands because he's injured and you know it, there's still something magical about Italian football. I know it's not what it was. It's not what it was in the 90s before the Premier League really came about. You know, it's, I remember watching Football Italia around my grandma and granddad's on a Sunday. And I'd be sat there watching Sampdoria versus Fiorentina. And they were the kind of, they were the, they were the rock stars back then. You know, AC Milan. Fiorentina into Juventus like the teams that are still big now but you just remember like Attilio Lombardo and um, Van Basten Rijkaard all those great players so you know to have an Italian team we're going to get an Italian team in the final obviously so you know that's that's good for Italian football but it isn't what it is you know the, the, the attendances are way down in Italian football I don't know why Necessarily might be something for me to look into, but hey, there we go. Um, and in the Europa League, we have uh, we could potentially have an all Italian final in the Europa League. So Roma took on uh, Leverkusen this week and won one nil. And Juventus played Sevilla at home and drew one one. Now Sevilla, I've said it before, they are they're kind of like the Real Madrid of the Europa League. It's their competition. So. Again, neither team there has got one foot in the final. It's going to be interesting to see what we get. A Roma, 
Roma Sevilla potentially final. I think that's what I might go with. Uh, Jose Mourinho in another final if he does get there. The same guy that went to Tottenham and couldn't win a trophy. There we go. And it'd be wrong of me not to mention the Conference League because we have an English team in the semi-final. West Ham beat AZ Alkmaar 2-1 last night. They did go 1-0 down, but they did come back and managed to get a couple of goals there to win. So that's good for them, but they've got to go away to AZ Alkmaar and see that game out. And then Fiorentina, again, another famous Italian team. They did lose 2-1 at home to Basel, so it is advantage Basel in that one. They play each other next week again. So it's uh, it's all go in terms of European football. West Ham could be getting themselves to a to a final, which would be uh, it'd be great for them, obviously. Uh, and again, uh, some as as a Leicester fan, I am not going to turn my nose up at the Conference League. I was buzzing when we were in the semi final last season, which again feels very weird to say. Uh, but we come up against Roma, and you know it's Roma, it's Jose Mourinho, and. Or Jose, sorry, I keep saying Jose. Jose Mourinho. So there we go. Good luck to West Ham in that one. Please let Leicester win on the last day of the season though because even if we are relegated by then, I would like to see us go out with a bit of a bang. A good, in a good way, you know. Let's let's give the fans something to cheer about before we uh, look forward to cold Tuesday nights in Stoke. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Right. Uh, there's obviously a lot of transfer talk at this time of the season. Yeah, we're getting to the end of the season again. And, you know, the transfer window will be open in a few weeks. And there is a lot of talk uh, around Harry Kane. Now, United look like they are the front runners for him. But then today it, it, it's been reported that if United did fail to reach the Champions League that Harry Kane would be unobtainable because he would cost too much and Daniel Levy's got a massive decision to make here do they price him out of the market and then he goes on a free next season so the end of 2024 he leaves Tottenham on a free and then he'll have a <laughs> he'll have a number of clubs after him at that point or does Levy sort of accept that, look, it's 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 better to take X amount of money now and we lose him, potentially to a Premier League rival in United uh, or potentially in Chelsea. Now, the Chelsea thing has come about because obviously the links with Poch. So, as I've mentioned previously, Poch looks like he's in line to take over at Chelsea. He'll be the manager come the start of the season. So those links with Kane were always likely to happen, but I would be I would be shocked if Harry Kane agrees to go to Chelsea. I think it would be as almost as big a shock as when Sol Campbell went to Arsenal. It's up there in that. Because the Tottenham Chelsea rivalry is bitter, to say the least. The Spurs fans love Harry Kane and, and I understand that and you would. You know, in the same way that I absolutely love Jamie Vardy and always will. 
but I think if he goes to Chelsea, that will be such a hammer blow to to Spurs fans, and it will. It's whether he's bothered about ruining his legacy. Now, his legacy at Tottenham is purely a goal-scoring thing because he's not won anything. As we know, it's very, very well documented that he hasn't won anything. So, this is purely a, a kind of a goal-scorer thing, going down as history in history as potentially Spurs' greatest ever player, definitely their best ever Premier League player. He's their record goal-scorer. If he was to move to Chelsea, where... Let's be honest, he'd probably have a better chance of winning things. Would that taint his legacy? I'm I, I think it would. I think it would, and I think I don't think Spurs fans would forgive him. I think Spurs fans would rather see him go United than Chelsea. Absolutely. And I think in an ideal world they'd like to see him actually go abroad. I don't see that happening because I think he wants to break Shearer's record, which he is very much able to do. Like I said, he he's got uh, 25 goals this season 26 you know if he continues that for another you know if he gets another if he gets another 50 you know if he gets 25 and 25 for the next two seasons that's gonna that's gonna put him like what one behind Shearer so you know he could break Shearer's record within the next two seasons if he stays in the Premier League and I think if he goes to Chelsea or he goes to United or whether he stays at Tottenham he will be able to do that because he is a goal-scoring machine. It's whether he wants a genuine opportunity to win trophies. Because, all right, Spurs, they'll be going at it again next season. Yeah, they'll be in the Premier League, but they'll be nowhere near the title race. They'll be in the FA Cup, but how long has it been since they've done anything in that? League Cup as well. And there's a good chance they'll be in the Europa League, but I just don't think that Spurs have the right mentality of the right squad to go far in those competitions. So we shall see. I think there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of big names moving this summer. Obviously there's still talk about Bellingham. There's a lot of talk about Messi going to Saudi Arabia, which is disappointing for me. There's still a lot of talk about uh, Neymar as well, potentially coming to Chelsea. (laughs) Um, Newcastle, if they qualify, when they qualify for Champions League football, will they go on a massive spending spree? They are linked with a number of players, James Madison being one. And then obviously, where is Harry Kane going to to end up? You know, it looked for all the money in the world that he was going to be at Man City a couple of seasons ago. It didn't, it didn't materialise. So will he get his move this summer or is he going to have to spend another season at Spurs? We shall wait and see. So before I look at the Premier League fixtures for the weekend, just uh, wanted to mention as well, obviously we've got playoffs in the Championship and League 1 and League 2. So we've got Middlesbrough against Cov. Cov made it into the playoffs. And we also have Luton against Sunderland. So, yeah, interesting one. Uh, goes without saying, uh, I can't have Coventry come get uh, getting promoted and Leicester getting relegated in the same season. That would be very damaging for my mental health. Uh, I'm not making a joke of mental health. I'm, I'm, by the way, <laughs> it's um, it would just be a, a bit of a nightmare. Uh, I do think Middlesbrough are probably favourites in that game. 
the Sunderland Luton one, it's a it's a weird one. I think Sunderland have got in there with a good run at the end of the season, so you always tend to find that the team that goes in there right at the end is usually the team that gets to the final, but we'll see. Because the team that finishes third are just disappointed that they've not made automatic, but Luton have had such an unbelievable season. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people talk about what's going on at Wrexham, you know, non-league, inter-league two being taken over and all that. Luton could be non-league to Premier League within not not a very long time either, you know, all things considered. So, interesting. We'll see. We'll see who comes up into the Premier League, who stays into the Championship and all that stuff. Right then, fixtures for this weekend in the Premier League. Let's go. So, first up, we have Leeds-Newcastle. I think this one will be a draw. Uh, we've got Villa against Spurs. I think this one will be a Spurs win. I'm going to go for a Spurs win. Chelsea against Forest. I think given that it's at Stamford Bridge and now Chelsea do have that win under their belt. I think a Chelsea win, but I think Forest will give them a very, very good game. Palace-Bournemouth, uh, two teams who haven't really got anything to play for. Uh, I think this will be a draw. United, they need to win, in all honesty, uh, against Wolves, and I do think they will at Old Trafford. And then Southampton against Fulham. I believe a Southampton defeat would mean that they are relegated regardless. They'd be all but relegated because... Yeah, the most... Yeah, yeah, they'd be all but relegated. Probably not officially. I guess it depends what Leeds and Leicester do over the weekend. On to Sunday, we have... So I'm going to go... Sorry, I'm going to go with a Fulham win on that one. Uh, Brentford against West Ham. Uh, interesting game. Obviously, West Ham are looking ahead to that second leg semi-final. So will their focus be on that one? Brentford are still kind of pushing. and Still kind of... You know, I don't think they'll make Europe, but, you know, they're not going to go down without a fight. Big game, Everton against Man City. This is a weird one because Man- Everton are going to be absolutely flying after last week, that 5-1 win, or earlier this week, sorry. And then Man City, you know, I know that they have got an unbelievable squad of players and they can rest players and still have a team that is good enough to probably win a Premier League. They've got that Champions League to think about next week. I expect Haaland will be rested. I think you'll probably see, you know, but then Alvarez will play, which isn't a bad replacement. You know, Mares didn't play the other night in Madrid. Will he come in? Um, will Grealish be rested ahead of that game against Real Madrid next week? So this is an interesting one. I, mean, I still think Man City have got enough to win this game, but it will be, it might not be the hammering that people expect it to be. So, interested. Arsenal, Brighton. Now, Brighton are Arsenal's bogey team. Brighton have been the the scourge of Arsenal for a few seasons now and have beaten them at usually this stage of the season and cost them, you know, Champions League places and various other things. I've said it all season. I think this is a very, very different Arsenal team with a very different mentality. And I think it showed that last week when they were able to go up to St. James's Park and win 2-0. So I am going to go for an Arsenal win in this one. And then on Monday, a big game, Leicester versus Liverpool. 
the realistic person in me says that this is a Liverpool win. What I want to see is some fight from these Leicester players. We can't afford to be conceding so many shots, giving away stupid fouls in and around the box. It just needs to be, you know, fight for every flipping ball, every 50-50. If I see Harvey Barnes wimp out of another 50-50, I'm going to lose my shit. They need to be going in, winning every ball, put everything on the line, leave it all on the pitch. I know there's another two games after that, but you're professional footballers. You recover, you go again. Massive game, massive game for the club, but the fans are very much resigned to the fact that it's done and dusted. Let's hope the fact that the players have got a different mentality and and who knows. But Liverpool, they're not going to be lying down and, uh, and letting us just walk all over them. They've got a Champions League spot to play for and they are playing better now as well. So it will be a difficult game and I do think it will be a Liverpool win. Right, that is it from me for this week. Thank you very much for listening and thank you for your continued support. It is very much appreciated and I will be back next week with another episode. Don't forget to check out the Clubhouse podcast. This week's episode was released yesterday. So go check that out, uh, Sunny G Clubhouse Podcast. I'm reliably informed the Games and Graps podcast is being recorded very soon, so check that out as well when that comes out. Go check out Finn's videos on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash thefinsteel. And Sunny's been doing a bit of streaming over on Twitch as well, on his Twitch channel. But for now, this has been episode 40 of Added Time, a Games and Graps Studio podcast. Stay safe, stay well, and I will speak to you next time. Goodbye.